Hello and good day to you all wherever you're listening to us. This is the University of Bilan Student One Health Initiative Podcast. My name is Falon Shalatifa from the Level Student University of Illinois Veterinary Medicine. It's good to have you ladies and gentlemen here on the show. Thank you so much for coming. Can you please introduce yourselves? Okay, so it's what business is day on the first of July, and the layman on the streets will be thinking about it. What is zoonosis? What exactly zoonosis is all about? Can you guys explain in simple things that a layman on the streets can could understand what zoonosis is all about? Zoonosis. For a layman to understand, or just in plain terms, zoonoses are diseases that are transmitted from animals to humans. They also be transmitted from humans to animals, vice versa. And they are called zoonotic diseases. Having known that zoonoses are diseases that could be transmitted from man to animal and vice versa, we need to understand the process of transmission either from man to animal or from animal to man. So, guys, let's have a thought on this. Causes of zoonosis. You know, exposure to animals because zoonotic diseases are those, you know, diseases that are seen in animals that are seen in humans too. So with animals or their meat or the products of such animals could cause zoonosis. Okay. Other ways we could contact diseases. Well, if we if we come in contact in direct contact with pathogens, of course, that cause these diseases. Like you know, irrespective of whether or not we had contact with animals. Like you said something up we you have missed the carrier since the surprise time back. Uh, where like it's coming to like thousands in the body and stuff like that. So if you had direct contact with the disease causing pathogens, then you can still come back to the next But then it 
then we'll mm. still call it zoonosis mm. at that point. No, the, 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 actually, you have this line of zoonosis is supposed to be. So I, I guess it just has to be contact with animals, like Hadiza rightly said. Contact with animals, contact with animals. Diseases, neglected zoonotic diseases. We have um, human tuberculosis is there. We have cystic sarcosis, like Elisa mentioned. We have um, anthrax. Anthrax is there. We have um, brucellosis as well. There is one more. Let me call it right now. of the neglected, I don't think so. to get over the heat from Ebola and I think some countries are still having when disease reimagined that I can't recall which country had an issue recently again existing coronavirus pandemic yes they're still dealing with this Such a country trying to counter Ebola and at the same time trying to out. Which country had an issue recently again? So we're seeing, um, is it? be transmitted by aerosols as well and example of those that can be transmitted by aerosols yeah um we said um example you can actually have anthrax yes anthrax can anthrax can be transmitted by aerosol so that's why they, they, when they give us an example they tell us that if you if you are for example in an and you open up a carcass and you because you find um dead you find um blood from the orifices that's the pathognomic sign of anthrax that in this situation you should not open the carcass but in case it has already been opened then you should try to cover your nose and protect yourself because anthrax actually this, this type of zoonotic diseases produce pores and these pores are released into the atmosphere and when you inhale it you become infected automatically right. but aeros- aerosolites should not be confused with droplets yeah. 
droplets are what you have in tuberculosis and COVID and the likes. Yeah. yeah. So, um, let's move on. Okay. Ms. Thompson, as a medical practitioner in training, There are some um, parasitic diseases like Cryptoplasma gondii, Cryptoplasmosis, and this is yes, zoonotic hazard, but in cats, it doesn't really um, show um, clinical signs. <clears throat> it doesn't show physical signs. Let me, let me put it in that way. So, I um, yeah, I had a joke about it. Okay. From okay, how do people limit themselves practice such diseases? And yeah. cats are very lovely domestic animals, so like companion animals. So <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I really don't know. So Yes, Toxoplasma gondii is also one of those diseases that we should be conscious of. You you can actually contact it when you have contact with cats, um, feces, and you do not wash your hands properly, and you use the same hand to consume food. So basically, the thing about Toxoplasma gondii is you won't really see the symptoms in humans unless that person is either immunocompromised or the person is very old so most times if you if you would diagnose toxoplasma gondii in a human being that person would be an old cat keeper someone that has kept cats for a long time and is very old and immunocompromised Immunocompromised people can also be pregnant women. And um, that, that is why they say that you should beware when you have a pregnant woman in the house with a cat because um, contact with the cats may, and the feces may actually cause some um, abortion. But I don't know how frequent this actually happens in, in the hospitals or if it's just underdiagnosed. I really don't know yeah, that. It's Maybe Hadiza frequent. can actually well, like talk said, about that. Well, like you said, toxoplasma is transmitted by, like, through cats and other feline animals. So the thing that happens with the um, parasite is that it has affinity for a spot in the um, in the fallopian tubes. So it kind of notches itself where fertilization is supposed to take place naturally, which is why, you know, you get the book, the old lady with the cats, because, you know, chances are she's probably never had kids before. Maybe not because she didn't want it, but <laughs> because she's sterile now. So what it does is it goes there the consequence of um, having such infection is irreversible um, infertility, irreversible sterility. Yeah. I, I just imagine it's so disturbing. Yes, How the... can like a cat, just a little cat, cause such an It's quite disturbing. <laughs> they are they're dangerous. <laughs> and it, <laughs> it's quite sad that people are unaware of these things i mean you can't just tell me my poor little innocent cat um i have contact with the feces and suddenly i'm going to be sterile and I, i'm going to have abortions no <laughs> 
yes that that is where education and re-education comes in Mm -hmm. we have to actually educate people but you know that's that's basically how it is i wouldn't say we have seen so many cases of it in the hospitals because like there's um serious under testing and under diagnosis in the the continent as a whole anyways so chances are when people come in with sterility like fertility issues or you know issues with sterility Nobody's really thinking, oh, do you have cats? Or do you have <laughs> the first thing they think about is how oh, your sexual intercourse is and then other questions follow. <laughs> but nobody comes to say, Oh, hey lady, do you have cats? Do you keep dogs? Do you keep that's not those are not questions that come up. But I think it's important. <laughs> like these are like this is why we have these type of discussions. So we know that next time, you know, it's like we are aware of a lot more than you know we normally would have been. So now, of course, with this discussion, if I'm asking anyone in the hospital now, I'm going to ask if you have cats, just to be sure. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so moving on exactly. to COVID-19 now. Uh, COVID-19. What um, ways do you think um, genetic diseases could be eradicated. Well, um, so if I understand all of us correctly, um, usually they're rare. Like you don't easily see them being transmitted from, well, at least you don't see humans walking about with genetic diseases every now and then. So one of the ways would be, of course, to bring about measures that ensure that animals that um, human beings have contact with are adequately vaccinated and treated. So in that case, I would say limited exposure, you know, to the animals. Because I I know um, we had a case where we were talking about um, different kinds of influenza influenza viruses. And apparently the Chinese... Um, farmers used to sleep in the same poultry pens as their chickens and you know that's how they were able to get the respiratory diseases um so bringing about measures like that that check such people that have farmlands and keep yards and barns to ensure that you know exposure is limited that would be one way and then also um adequate education and letting people understand the severity of these types of diseases and also their rarity, which is which would you know suffice the need for them to protect themselves adequately. So, yeah. Okay. So to Miss Fatifa, um, from a veterinar- veterinarian in training point of view, from your own perspective, how do you think um, genetic diseases could be eradicated? Let's have your thoughts. Okay. Um, I'd like to actually point out first that some of these diseases, there's there's been a research on some of our most neglected diseases that are very underdiagnosed. They are underdiagnosed in the sense that we don't have enough um, capability, especially in this country, to diagnose these diseases. So we see them as not really relevant, but they are actually existing. For example, 
most of our tuberculosis cases are actually bovine tuberculosis, but they're just they're just recognized as tuberculosis. We have rabies. People die from rabies. I I think for my la- last posting in the Faculty of Veterinary Medicine Teaching Hospital in Lorry, we had a patient that said her dog was sick. It was not eating. It had a dumb form of rabies, and she did not know. Mm-hmm. And the dog beat her when she tried to feed the dog. We knew there was nothing we could do for the dog because the dog is definitely going to die. It's rabies. We kept the dog in isolation and it died. The only thing you can do is to send the brain to um, to VOM. That's the only place they tested. But we also knew that since this patient has been exposed, she's also actually going to calm down. Nobody would actually know what happened to her. She would die too because she has already exceeded the limits and... There is no way they can give her any vaccines again or immunoglobulins or anything to help her come back. So the only problem is most of these things are underdiagnosed. So the first thing you can do to eradicate them is they've been tagged. I think there are about five or seven of them that are very common in the country. Bovine tuberculosis is one, rabies, um, brucellosis. Brucellosis causes um, abortion in females and um, I, I think it causes sterility. Or is it? Yes, sterility in males. Then um, cystosarcosis, that's from meat. Then we have, um, there's one more, I really can't remember right now. But these have been tagged as the neglected zoonotic diseases in Nigeria, and they're actually of grave importance. So, what we need to do is to create awareness about this, create awareness and tell people they actually exist. And even though you may not be able to get diagnosed for it, you should be conscious of it. And the best thing you can do for yourself is to protect yourself. And also, we should try to make available, there should be um, provision of vaccines for them. Although you, you cannot really vaccinate humans, but we can try to vaccinate animals. So people should vaccinate their dogs regularly, take care of their cattle so they don't come down with these diseases before you would actually have it transmitted to the humans also. And also to re- limit exposure. If you see an animal you're not really close with, dogs, for example, rabies, you should try to limit your your proximity with them because you don't know if they actually have an infection you're unaware of that could be transmitted to you you have other you should also be, be careful of what you consume for example the meats that we're talking about cystosarcosis and um tuberculosis bovine tuberculosis if you're careful then you would not if you don't buy meats wrongly and you process your meat properly then you will not come down with it and things like brucellosis brucella abortus if you do if you try to be careful of the kind of milk you consume and that then you'll also be able to prevent it so it's just basically hygiene vaccination and limiting exposure these are the basic things that would help us in preventing this disease So, is it a fact or you mean? Definitely a fact. Well, do, pe- do people still call it a myth? Yeah, do do people still think it's a myth? It's, it's a fact. It's, 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 
<laughs> it's right on that one knows this <laughs> yes about that there, there are actually controversies i've read in some journals that covid-19 actually started in bats that you know we have the variation in animals actually coronavirus in animals and it wasn't normally supposed to be a disease of humans but then they said there was I, i really i really can't remember that journal but it stated that the 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 type that affect humans now is actually from bats so they're actually tracing the origin of covid-19 to bats and if that that makes it a zoonotic disease and also there's there've been some research i read recently on um um nature there was a recent publication that said that they they isolated it from dogs and cats mainly cats but it's not really been confirmed or an authorized information yet but it's still on well, the what scale I, what i know about um covid-19 is that Well like you said it's pretty zoonotic and the sound started in bats. Can we still hear me? <laughs> okay, I understand it yes, it, it yes. started in bats, but um there's something we say in like uh, microbiology where we talk about antigen shift and antigen drifts. So yes, so over time mm-hmm. like you said coronavirus has always existed. I mean even from the days I learned biology in school I knew about coronavirus but not covid-19. Yes. So what happens is you know, with like um mm-hmm. interaction between animals and human beings, you know, unlimited exposure. Imagine there's two parts of a virus and um those two parts of a virus require the same okay, if I were if I were cut in half, right? And I'm 1 over 2 plus 1 over 2 and I meet another person that is 1 over 2 plus 1 over 5. What happens is my 1 over 2 mixes with their 1 over 2 and we change into something else. We become 1 over 2 and maybe 1 over 2. You get my point. So that's kind of what I understand happened with the virus. It's like the interaction between human beings. There was like maybe the hemoglutinin um, portion and the neuromidase portion of like viruses somehow mixed. They probably had the same hemoglobin. and then we have the variation that is now affecting him so that's something the stats go to well when this um coronavirus pandemic started all that there were lots of um um information we got from the WHO world organization that these I think with more research they are still um going on still going on so I think maybe in the nearest future we could have some animals that could um transmit the diseases yeah But... yeah yes the, there was research also on nature and it said that the dogs they isolated it from its owner was actually infected and um allegedly it wasn't really in the dog's system it was just in the tongue 
so they are claiming that the dog licked the owner or i don't know so there's a possibility the dog can actually lick the owner and lick someone else and transmit it but does not itself necessarily become infected there is that possibility that they are speculating but most things about covid-19 is is still under research and they are trying to find concrete yeah, evidence that's the problem on it. with um so. the world research is a huge field and you know requires there's so much protocol and bureaucracy to it that you can't just wake up one day and say you think you've discovered something and everybody's going to give you a listening ear you have to yeah. go through a couple of stages first no but hopefully we'll find a cure at some point <laughs> round up with you guys um, by adding your final thoughts on zoonotic disease okay um I just like to say that zoonotic diseases are underrated. Zoonotic diseases right. are one of our biggest problems in the world right now because they are emerging and re-emerging. And even if we all become vegetarians, we stop eating meat, we still interact with animals because we stopped eating meat because we love animals and we want to. So we still interact we are in us we, we we are living in a, an intertwined world where we we live with we cohabit with our animals and our environment and for that reason we actually need to pay attention to what the animal carries and what they can actually do to us and we have to be concerned about their health as much as we're concerned about ours so we we need to pay more attention to zoonotic diseases and be watchful about our food hygiene our meat hygiene and our animal health i think okay so miss thompson what have your final thoughts about um zoonotic diseases and what do you have to say to um our listeners well zoonotic diseases are uh, more serious than you think they are and um to say that we're not we're going to stop having zoonotic diseases would be a lie in my opinion because we're always going to have to interact with animals we're always going to meet them at one point in time now it may seem a little extreme for um people like of the western culture to be very conscious about the health of the animals they interact with but the truth of the matter is that if we're going to get a permanent solution to these type of issues with you know zoonosis and all of that the best way is to become extremists like them to be very very conscious of the kind of animals we keep the health of the animals we keep and in turn our own health so learn you know as to the listeners who are probably going to tune into this podcast at some point try and learn more about genetic diseases i mean more than the scope of what we've covered in this podcast already and just whatever animal you come in contact with try to make sure that you limit your exposure and if you cannot limit your exposure make sure you are healthy the animal is healthy and ultimately the world is healthy okay thank you so much for coming tonight thank you for joining thanks for having yeah. us thank you thank you so much goodbye guys thank Bye. you bye